there's men that uh, that impact your life. And of course, Brother Fry was one of those men for me. Brother Barker's another one. And uh, I used to listen to Brother Barker on the radio. And uh, every day I was driving a dump truck. And I'd sit there and listen to preaching all day long from 8 o'clock till 5. And uh, I, I just loved hearing him preach so much and, and uh, got to attend some meetings at Turner's Creek and really felt like maybe that's where we would end up, my wife and I, but we end up, God sent us to Yadkin Valley, and of course I told you if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here, but uh, he's one of my favorite preachers, and one of those men you just like to be around, because he's real, and uh, he, uh, I'll say this, and, and I know he wouldn't want me to say this, but I think he probably, when he was field director for Macedonia, I had a conversation with another pastor. I said, I think Alan Barker probably did more for missions in the United States of America in the time he was mission director uh, there uh, of anybody I know. It seemed like every week we got a call, I'm so-and-so, Macedonia World Baptist Missions, I'm going to here or there. And I thought, well, there's Brother Barker out there getting them. And, uh, and he's pastored and been a great pastor. And now he's in evangelism, just helping churches. And I appreciate that. And so appreciate him. And uh, he'll help you tonight. So preacher, if you will, you come preach. Looking forward Thank to you, it. preacher. Thank appreciate you. All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me, please, in the book of Acts tonight, chapter number 20, and I want to share a thought with you now, this chapter tonight, Acts chapter 20, while you're turning, I do want to say it's a real joy to be here tonight, and uh, what an honor it is to be in the house of God this evening, and uh, praise the Lord for the good meeting this week, I know you've had a good time, and uh, man, you've had two great men of God preaching, I'm telling you, and uh, on Sunday, and uh, I know Brother Craddon was a real blessing, and then last night, and of course, Monday night, Brother Arthur, and uh, he and I have the same name. Did y'all know that? We do. Joseph. That really is the truth. And, uh, of course, I'm a lot better looking than he is, but anyhow, I have hair. Praise God. And uh, I asked the barber the other day, I said, how do you keep it? Uh, he reached in there and got an envelope and handed it to me. But anyhow, good to be here tonight and good to see you in the service tonight. Good to be in the house of God and uh, so good to see this good number in the service tonight. And I do appreciate you coming. You know, the devil lied to me today. He does that every once in a while, don't he? Matter of fact, he does that about every day. And uh, he told me, won't nobody come to church tonight because it's cold. It's raining outside and nobody will come. And he lied again. Amen. And good to see this good number of wins tonight and good to be in the house of God tonight. Good to see Brother Hutchins, some of his people tonight, our dear friends here from Las Vegas, amen, and good to see them uh, with us in service tonight. I was preaching at Choice Hills Baptist Church in Henderson, Nevada, which is right beside Las Vegas, and uh, several years ago, and uh, this guy in the church was showing us around, and uh, his name was Glenn, I never will forget it, you may know him, he may be a member of your church, I don't know, but anyhow, he was showing us around. And uh, we was talking, my wife was talking to him about gambling. She's, you know, trying to get hooked up for, you know, for, but anyhow. And uh, he, uh, he said, you know, I used to do that before I got saved. And he said, to be honest with you, I still do a little bit of it now. He said, don't tell the pastor, but said, if I win, I always tithe on what I win. Amen. And uh, that's what Glenn said. Amen. But anyhow, good to be here. Good to see these folk tonight. And uh, appreciate them being in service. And I don't know who's visitors and who's not, but I'm glad you're here this evening. And good to be in the house of God tonight. Man, I enjoyed a good meal at the pastor's home tonight. And uh, that is a very, very, you don't, get, you don't go in pastor's homes anymore. We used to do that all the time, but uh, man, tonight we really enjoyed a good meal at the preacher's house. Uh, his wife is an awesome cook, and uh, they have a lot of leftovers. Y'all to go over after service tonight, and uh, so you'll enjoy it, amen. And uh, Brother McDaniel's, he don't go to bed till right late, so uh, you may want to go over tonight and uh, I feel something in my back, but anyhow. But anyhow, I did enjoy the good meal tonight. I really did. And uh, good, good fellowship. And uh, I appreciate your preacher tonight. I think you already know that. I don't need to take 30 minutes to deal with that. But I appreciate your pastor and his wife, their family. What a blessing they are. And uh, I remember 20-some years ago preaching at Currytown Baptist Church. But it wasn't here. 
and uh, it wasn't most of you either. I, I, I don't know if any of you here that was here here now that was there then, and uh, and the little bitty building, and uh, did you start out in the little building, didn't you? And then built the other building. What a beautiful building. Then God put you here, and uh, God sure has been good to this church and this preacher back here. And I appreciate what the Lord's doing here and what a joy it is to be here tonight. And uh, I'll not take this second to say this. Thank you so much for allowing my wife and I be here tonight, not only be here, but be a part of your mission program every month. Uh, we appreciate that from the depths of our heart. Very seldom, and I, to God be the glory, to God be the glory, very seldom a week goes by we don't see people saved. Very seldom, very seldom. I, I, this month, I'm not going to tell you how many people I've seen saved this month, but it's a bunch. And you know what? That's fruit abounding to your account. You wait till you get to the Bema Seat of Christ, amen? And I appreciate it from the depths of my heart, and so good to be in service tonight. I was thinking while the, and I'm going to preach in a minute, I'm trying to get this really this nervous stuff. Uh, I've not been preaching about 50 years, and I've still got that problem, but anyhow. Uh, he's talking about the choir singing tonight. Man alive. That was awesome. And uh, I've never heard them when they didn't do awesome. And uh, he's talking about, you know, now what do you say? One out of ten? Uh, maybe point one out of ten. I like to have the point one with me where I go. Man, I'm telling you, it's great. And you hear it all the time. You hear this every week, but it's not like this everywhere. I'll promise you that. Uh, awesome musicians, and uh, man, what a blessing. I enjoy the choir singing tonight, and always do. I'm so good to be in the service tonight. Well, I, I just, uh, I'm not Brother Joe Arthur. I'm me, so I'm going to be me tonight. I, have you ever seen Brother Arthur when he couldn't talk? I have. I have. Several years ago, I'm going to read in just a minute. Several years ago, uh, 27, 25 plus years ago, maybe 30. He's preaching for me at Turner's Creek. And uh, at that time, my son was a teenager, and we was restoring an El Camino, a 64 El Camino. And uh, Bob and Brother Buster Seaton's pastor, and uh, was restoring that. And I, I'd had the stern wheel off, work on the wiring in there, you know, it works the turn signal. And uh, it, I hadn't put it all back together. As a matter of fact, I just stuck the stern wheel on. Didn't even put the nut on. And uh, I just got grooves, you know. And so uh, we're driving down the road, and Brother Joe's sitting over here on the right side. You're talking about talking. Are, are you listening? I'm telling you. He, he was, he was, he was letting, he was talking. And we was probably running 50, 60 mile an hour going down 421. And I just pulled the stern wheel off <laughs> and handed it over to him. I said, how about you driving a while? Then a Pentecostal church in this country got anything on it. He spoke in every kind of language. I'm telling it was funny. And, uh, and I'd done that about 10 miles an hour, and I knew I could do it, but he didn't know it. And uh, that, Lord help us. But anyhow, that was, that was the time. Amen. Acts chapter number 20 tonight. Let's sing together, please. <clears throat> Tell you one thing about Brother Arthur. I've known him before him and Miss Julie got married. He's the same today as he was the first time I ever met him. I appreciate my dear friend, Brother Joe Arthur. And uh, boy, I enjoyed the preaching last night. I got to hear it. Our Heavenly Father, what an awesome responsibility to stand behind the pulpit at Currytown Baptist Church tonight. Lord, it's been awesome all week long. I, I, I wasn't here during the week except last night. But I know it's been great and I thank you and I praise you for it. Thank you for every message. Thank you for all you've done. And I pray you'll help us now tonight as we look at the final message, I guess, for this time of uh, a series of messages and series of meetings. And I pray you'll help us tonight. You know my need tonight better than I do myself. And Lord, you know what you put in my heart early this morning. It's been churning in there all day long, God. And I pray God, that you'll help me to be able to deliver what you put in my heart tonight. God, I pray you'll do a work in the service tonight. I, I'm not here to parade the flesh. I'm not here to show off. But Lord, I sure am here this evening to try to be your servant, be your man. And I am so honored to preach behind the pulpit 
I behind this man of God behind me tonight. Preaches here week after week. And I pray God that you'll help me be a blessing to he and his people tonight. And I pray you'll touch the word of God and touch us tonight with the power of God. And may all the will of God be done in the service tonight. I pray you'll stir our heart, do a mighty, mighty work. Most of all, I have a number this larger. There may be somebody here lost tonight. And if there is, I pray this will be the night. They'll come to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing and be seated. I'll read in a minute. I want to help you tonight. I want to help you tonight. Almost 40 years of pastor and I still have a lot of that pastor and stuff in my heart. I feel for men of God. I feel for pastors. I'm with a different one every week. And uh, I, I feel for them. I pray for them. And uh, I, I feel sorry for them sometimes. So I have a desire tonight to be a real blessing and to be a real help to you tonight. I want you to notice tonight in Acts 17, notice in verse 9, and I promise you I'll get you out in time to go to bed. I was preaching for a guy last week, and uh, I said, uh, what time do you want me to be done? He said, well, I go to bed at 10.30. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. <laughs> they went to bed before 10. I, I didn't keep them that long. Bible said from Melita in verse 17, sent to Ephesus, and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you in all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine, and with many tears and temptations which befell me uh, uh, by the line and weight of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greek, how repentance towards God and faith uh, towards, uh, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, I behold, I go bound in the spirit under Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, save the Holy Ghost witnessing in every city, save that bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of those things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. I'm interested in these verses I read tonight, so keep your Bible open. And we'll walk back down through them as I preach tonight. But I'm especially interested tonight in verse number 24. I want to say this before I give you what I'm going to give you out of the verse tonight. Monday I had a funeral. Now I'm not calling the guy's name because I'm on the internet tonight, but I, I had a funeral by the man uh, that, that saved September the 6th, 1987, at the Turner's Creek Baptist Church on a Sunday. And uh, this guy that I'm talking about tonight, he, he never missed a lick. All my years of being his pastor, then of course after I left, the other pastors that came after me, how Pastor Wilchar tonight, how they tell me he's been, always been the same. And I know we'll forget this brother getting saved. His daughter came in on one of our buses out of Davie County. And uh, it wasn't long that uh, Roger and his wife, they began to come to church. And uh, I remember when Roger got saved, I know we'll forget it. How it was September, the reason I know that his wife reminded me this week at the funeral, how it was September 6, 1987. If you'd have met this man, you would... You, know, you probably thought there was something wrong with him because he never had anything to say. He never, read a, he never led a public prayer. He never was an usher in the church. He was never sung a song or a soloist. He never sang in the choir. He never taught a Sunday school class. He was never a greeter at the front door. He was never a deacon or anything like that. But all the years that I pastored this man, I can never remember a time, I'm sure that maybe it was, but I can never remember a time how that it wasn't always at church. How he didn't have anything to say. How very quiet, very backward, he and his wife both. But I'll promise you, you can count on them being there. 
I promise you, if you needed anything, you could always count on him being there. And I thought about him today when I said in this text today. Notice in verse number 24, Paul said, none of those things move me. I want to talk to you a little while tonight on this thought. The secret to spiritual stability. None of those things move me. I thought about my dear brother that we, I had his funeral, Roger. I, I thought about him when I studied him today. He was always there. You could always count on him. I, if you needed anything, he would help it. I, he was just laid back, quiet, didn't have anything to say. But you're talking about a pillar in the church. You're talking about somebody that was solid. Hey, you're talking about somebody that you can count on. I'm telling you, week after week, year after year, and, uh, and just went home to be with the Lord our last Friday. And uh, up to that time, they got sick about a month ago. And they tell me he's always been that way. And, uh, and I'll tell you the need of the hour tonight. It's just stay by the steps. Uh, are y'all with me tonight? I, I want to. I, I don't know if this is a cleanup message or not. But I want to give you something tonight that will help you tonight. Right, listen to me now. Just stay. Look at the text tonight. Paul said, none of those things move me. I begin to look at that word again today, that word move. It means not one man, not one woman, not one thing, not anything that's going to move him. Paul said, none of those things move me. And I'll say this to you tonight, the need of the hour is steadfastness tonight. Just stand by the stuff, thank God. I just stand by the stuff tonight. Are you listening? How the word stability simply means to be stable. To be established. How to stay by the stuff. It means to be studied. It means to be firm. It means to stand without uh, being moved tonight. And I'll tell you the testimony of the Apostle Paul. He said, none of those things move me. I want to ask you a question tonight. What is it that would move you out of the will of God tonight? What is it that would get you out of the church tonight and out of the will of God this evening? I never will forget my daddy saying this. My daddy's been in heaven since 07. My daddy was my pastor. My daddy was my buddy. I miss him tonight as much as I did the day he left. But I never will forget my daddy saying this. He said, son, he, by the way, he preached and pastored 55 years. And I never will forget my daddy saying just a few months before he went home. He said, son, there's not much commitment and stability in the churches anymore. I thought my soul. If my daddy was alive now, are y'all listening to me? I just stay by the stuff tonight. And hear me tonight. It don't take much. Can I, can I help you people? Will y'all let me help you tonight? It don't take much to get folk out of gear with God. I'm telling you, friend, I, I don't know why I thought of this today. Many years ago when I pastored up the mountain in the 70s, I, I, I said this. One Sunday morning I said, and it was during planting season, must have been about May or uh, probably May. I said, if you stay out of church Wednesday night and plant your taters, I realize I'm in Winston or Clemens, so plant your potatoes. If you stay, if you stay out of church up in the mountain, brush them out and you say it this way. If you stay out of church on Wednesday night and plant your taters, I'm going to pray everyone I'm right. What I didn't know was one of my family stayed out church Wednesday night, the Wednesday night before, and planted their potatoes. It wasn't long they felt led to go somewhere else. I tell you their name. I see their face right now. I say to you tonight, it doesn't take much how to get some folk out gear with God and out of the will of God. Paul said, none of those things move me. God, give us some folk how with a backbone like a Solon and stability, thank God, and just stay in there for the glory of God tonight. I, I, I'm going to preach a little bit on the introduction. Then I'll take about five minutes to give you the outline. Notice in verse number 24 again. Paul said, none of those things move me. I, I read that again this morning. I said to myself, what is he talking about? 
What is the thing that Paul is discussing in this chapter? Let me give them to you and then I'll bring the message. First of all, look, look at verse number, look at this verse again. Paul says right here uh, in verse number, look at verse 18. And when we, when we uh, verse 18, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you, and all, help me with the next word. Now, I heard the preachers all heard. And all what? Seasons. Can I just say this real quick tonight? Seasons didn't move Paul. Now, that's not my message. I just want to throw this in. Seasons didn't move Paul. And may I say this to you now? You're going to go through seasons your whole life. I'm telling you, there'll be times that things will change and you'll go through seasons. I thought about what Solomon said. And boy, if anybody knew anything about seasons, Solomon did. Solomon said, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, after everything there is a season and a time for every purpose unto heaven. Listen to me now. You're going to go through seasons in your life. Now, Paul went through seasons. We've just come through Christmas. How many like Christmas? Raise your hand. You know, my, you know my favorite part of Christmas? I ain't going to tell you. But can I tell you this? How we just come through seasons. You know, we have different seasons in our life, even about Santa Claus. We believe in Santa Claus. We don't believe in Santa Claus. How we pretend to be Santa Claus. We look like Santa Claus. <laughs> huh? hey, you see, we go through different seasons in our life tonight. And I'll just say this to you now. Listen to me tonight. Oh, hear me, hear me well tonight. Oh, my soul, seasons in your life. Can I make a statement? Will you all not get mad at me? I, I never have understood this. Why when people get to a certain age in their life, they feel like they can just stay out of church and not go to church no more. I, I mean, it's almost like they feel like they have pulled their time. I ain't a pulling time. I'm enjoying the trip. Huh? Are you hearing me tonight? Hear me tonight. I don't understand that. I see folk, and I pastor senior citizens, senior saints, down through the years, and they get to a certain time in their life. Hey, hear me tonight. If I can't walk in, bring me in a wheelchair. Can't get in a wheelchair, bring me in on a stretcher. I'm preaching good. Are y'all hearing me? I'm telling you, there's something about the house of God. Thank God. I say there's something about the house of God. <laughs> well, I think about Brother Money back on what all he's been through the last few weeks. And here he sits in the house of God. Listen to me tonight. Seasons didn't move Paul. We go through different seasons in our life. You know, your family goes through different seasons. I about cried a while ago when I saw the pastor's daughter hug her daddy. You better enjoy that. It won't be long he's smiley. Good-looking young lady sitting right here is going to be gone. It's just going to be you and your wife and that white dog. <laughs> Are you listening? They'll be gone. And I never will forget this. I never will forget today my daughter got married. She told me she was going to get married. I didn't believe it. Her mom told me she was going to I didn't believe it. Uh, Jeremy told me this. I didn't believe it. I was preaching every week of my life during them weeks or during that time at Turner's Creek. And lo and behold, they come up and say, we're going to have a wedding rehearsal. I said, who's getting married? <laughs> Are you listening? And boy, I'll tell you, I'm telling you, it was tough the day my daughter got married. I, I'm telling you, it was tough. It's so tough as on Saturday on Sunday, I couldn't even preach. Am I telling the truth? I, I, your, family go, your family will go through different seasons. But I'll tell you something good about that. Ain't going to bring them grandbabies back. Hold my mule while I shout. Amen. And you know what's better than grandbabies? Great grandbabies. So I'll say families go through different seasons. Hey, can I say this now? Churches go through different seasons. Stay with your church. There'll be times you'll shout it out. There'll be times you'll wonder where God's at. Amen. I'm telling you, stay with the church tonight. I thought about this first. Blessed is a man. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the, uh, uh, in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and the law do he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of waters. He didn't say place, he said planted. Oh, y'all hear me? Planted by the rivers of waters. Food in this season. His leaves shall not, all, uh, shall not wither, and whatsoever it does shall plant. There'll be churches go through seasons. 
I'm telling you, all those years I pastored, I wonder sometimes if anybody's ever going to get saved. But you know what I found out? It's a time of sowing. It's a time of cultivating. There's a time of weeping. It's a time of, of, of harvest. Hey, church, let's go through seasons tonight. Stay with your church. Stay in the boat. Don't you jump out of the boat. Hey, stay with your church tonight. Churches go through seasons tonight. Are, are you listening to me? And I want to say this to you tonight. Our life is made up of seasons this evening. Families and churches and so so. So I don't say seasons, didn't move, Paul. Look at verse 19. I'm coming to message. Look at verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. I don't say seasons, didn't move, Paul, but I don't say number two, service didn't move, Paul. I'm coming to what I want to preach in just a minute. Service did not move Paul. And I'll just say this to you now. Service didn't move Paul. I've had preachers down through the... I said preachers. I didn't mean to say it, but I did. I'd as well say it because it's truth. They, uh, they, they wanted the pulpit. They, they, you know, they wanted to be pastor. Uh, and they wanted to do this and they wanted to do that. And I'd let them old Sunday school from now to time and they'd get up and cuss people out. And I'd say, hey, look, you can't do that. You're not the pastor. I'm the pastor. You're not the pastor. And uh, that's nobody's job. My way, I'm an evangelist, but it's not my job to come here and straighten out. No, that's not my job. Hey, listen to me now. Service sometimes moves people. And I remember the situation I'm thinking about right now. Uh, oh, hear me tonight. You know, serving God gets to be a job sometimes. I'm telling you, I get tired. Do you ever get tired? I get wore out sometimes. But service never moved Paul. And, and can I just say this? Not my daddy said this. Before he died, he said uh, what is these young preachers talking about? Burnout. He said, what, are they, what, what do they mean burnout? He thought they meant they went to the drag strip. Uh, burnout. Get up, man. Oh, my soul, hear me tonight. Do something for God. Hey, buffy old flesh and go on for the glory of God. Seasons get moved, Paul. Look at verse 19. I'm coming to a message. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Uh, humility of mind, and with many tears. Sadness didn't move Paul. And by the way, there'll be times you'll go through sadness. There'll be times you and I, and by the way, I've seen people where their loved one would go to heaven and they would get out of church. Man, face every time y'all be in church, it's then. And, and, and hear me tonight, Paul said many tears. Uh, sadness and tears didn't move Paul. J.T. Lyons was a missionary 35 years in Africa. And they tell me his mother had been dead three months before they even got word to him. Hey, sadness, listen now. Hey, sadness did not move Paul. Can I tell you something else? Look at verse 19 again. Serving the Lord with all humility of mine. And with many tears, watch this next word. And, what's that big word? Sin didn't move Paul. Oh, brother, listen, I could preach 30 minutes right here. How sin did not move Paul. And, and, and hear me, hear me well tonight. There's so many tonight. That's got out of the will of God because of sin. Hey, sin did not move Paul tonight. And, and by the way, I'll tell you this tonight. You stay fresh in love with Jesus, take care of everything else. Can I, can I take out time and say something? My wife and I stay in a motel just about every week. I'll leave here. We'll leave Saturday drive to that's where we're going. And uh, done something in the motel where I'm going. And I, I've, heard, I've heard preachers say this. They say, you know, I don't know how many times I've been approached by the opposite sex in the motel said, sir, do you need some company tonight? Can I tell you all something tonight? I've been saved 53 years this year. I've stayed a many and a many and a many a night in the motel. I've stayed a many and a many a night in the motel by myself. And I have yet to have a woman come to me and say that. You, hey, you stick King James Bible on your arm and a handful of tracks in your hand. Hello, Tokyo. Are y'all hearing me? Tonight? You ain't going to have that problem. I sin tonight. Sin tonight. Hey, sin did not move Paul. He stayed in there for the glory of God. I'm sure I said this in my office on the end of my bookshelf. I have preachers' names and, and, and where well, they've helped me in meetings, by the way. On the end of that bookshelf, tonight, that's no longer the ministry. They're disqualified themselves. Some of them disqualified and don't know it. They've disqualified themselves. They mess, my daughter asked me the other day, said, Daddy, why do you leave them up there? Won't you throw them away? Listen to me, that reminds me of something tonight. That flesh right there is not saved. I'm preaching good. Are y'all hearing me? Hey, sin, you not move, Paul. I, I'm coming to message. Look at verse 21. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. How I kept back nothing. That was profitable unto you, 
but have showed you and taught you public and mouth out. Can I say this tonight? He's talking to uh, saints right here. And he's saying, hey, in verse number 20, he said, I kept back nothing from you. Uh, the saints didn't move Paul. Demas forsook him, but he went right on. Uh, uh, Demas had done him wrong, but he went right on. And, and I'll say this to you now. Many times the people you help, I'm trying to help you tonight. Many times the people that you help the most will do you the worst. You say, have you experienced that? Do you have a calculator? Are you hearing me tonight? But you know what I'm going to do, preacher? I'm going to keep on helping them. I'm going to keep on doing right. If they all turn out wrong, I'm still going to do right. Hey, listen now. Oh, saints didn't move Paul. Those that done him wrong and run out on it. Paul, are you listening? It didn't move Paul. I got to preach. Look at verse 21. Paul said, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. He's talking to the lost people here. Repentance towards God. Sinners didn't move Paul. Sinners didn't move Paul. Hey, old Alexander the carpenter Smith, y'all ever met him? He lives right down the road down here. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He did Paul wrong. He denied the resurrection. Are you listening to me? How sinners didn't move Paul. Look at verse 23. I got to get my message. Look at verse 23. Say the Holy Ghost, witness in every city, uh, witness in every city, saying uh, that both bonds and afflictions may abide in me. Suffering didn't move Paul. Suffering didn't move Paul. He stayed in our suffering didn't move Paul. I'm going to ask you a question now. What moves you this evening? What is it that would move you out of the will of God? Hey, what is it tonight that would move you out of the great church that you're in tonight, of the ministry here? What is it tonight? Paul said, none of those things move me. Now, here's my thought tonight. I, I got a clock. I see what time it is. It, it's right now. I don't know what that clock says, but here's this. <laughs> I'm probably not going to, but listen to this. The big question is this tonight. None of those things move Paul. Now, here's my thought tonight. The secret to spiritual stability. What was it in his life that kept him a-keeping on, a-keeping on, a-keeping on? When all these things right here that I just mentioned tonight, none of them moved him. But thank God, hallelujah. Thank God for forgetting to stay by the stuff. I come down this aisle right here. And I walk by a hope chest that was parked right here in this altar. And I look down in that hope chest at that house that man of God lived in. All that was in the hope chest was a house he lived in. He wasn't in there. It's just a house he lived in. But I looked down in the face of that dear man of God, Brother Fry, and I looked up and I saw him on the screen preaching about heaven. I said, by the grace of God, are y'all here? How many years did he preach? A bunch. Are you listening to me now? When I, when I see men of God like that and men of God like my daddy and other men of God, Dr. Seidler and some of them others, oh, Brother Bobby Ross, I got his picture there, not because he quit, but because he kept on a kid. Listen to me tonight. Oh, listen, what did they have? What was it that caused them? I just stand up for God. What is it tonight that causes Paul? In spite of everything, stand in I did not, was not moved. Look at verse 24. But none of those things moved me. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it again to end the message. We're early in 2023. I wonder in 2024 rolls around if Jesus don't come. Who is in this room that won't be here? Are you listening to me? I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to tell you tonight, I love you, man. Won't you stand up for It's not time to quit. I'm telling you, it's time to back up and go at it, friend. Oh, I'm trying to tell you now, stand out for God. Stand out for God. What was it to move, Paul? I'll give you two things, three things, nine things, and I'm done. Number one, I don't have nine. Notice verse 24. But none of those things move me. Neither can I in my life dear unto myself. I want to say, first of all, tonight, look at the first part of the verse. You say, preach, what is it that? Kept Paul in there, and none of those things moved him. Number one, he had a determination that was unmovable. A determination 
that's unmovable. I'm talking about a determination. I'm talking about a bulldog determination. Are are you listening to me? I'm talking about I won't quit. Matter of fact, Phil said him, we're not going to take time. But if you go back in Acts chapter 14, I read it again today. In Acts chapter number 14, I'm talking about a determination. A determination, thank God. Hey, a determination that was unmovable. I read this today. Bible said in Acts 14, verse 12, or verse 19 it is. And there came hither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium and persecuted the people. Heaven stoned Paul and drew him out of the city. Supposedly he had been dead. Howbeit as the disciples stood around him. Can I illustrate that? I'm talking about a determination. A determination. I'm talking about a determination. Come here, brother. Come here, brother. Come here, brother. I'm talking about it. Come here, buddy. I'm talking about a determination. How many believe Paul was a little man? If you believe the Bible, you believe it. I want you to be Paul. I like you. Is your name Fred? What is your name? Levi, that's what I was going to say next. <laughs> Levi, I want you to lay down right there. Just lay down. Act like you're dead. Son, he died in a hurry. Did you see that? <laughs> Stand right there. You stay right there. Come right here. Watch this first. Don't move. I'm talking about a determination that's unmovable. Listen to this verse. Paul said, Heaven stoned Paul. Let me read the whole verse. Watch this verse. And certain of the Jews came from Antioch and Iconia, persecuted the people, and, drew, and stoned Paul. And drew him out of the city, supposedly he'd been dead. Howbeit the disciples stood round about him. They're standing around him. How about the, how the disciples stood round about him and he rose. That word rose, I found hundreds of times in the Bible. But 35 of those times talking about the resurrection. They stoned Paul. They weren't supposedly he's dead. He's dead. You say you believe that? If you believe 2 Corinthians, you do. He's dead. A determination that's unmovable. And uh, those disciples are standing around there, and here's what they're saying. I'll do the main message. You'll do the eulogy. You take care of the graveside. They're planning the man's funeral. They're standing around him. They're planning his funeral. But all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I, you say, preacher, do you, I believe that. And he didn't only do that. Here's what happened. While he's getting up, he's wiping the blood off. Son, that's got Holy Ghost spit on him, make you preach like a wild man. And they're wiping the blood off. Now look what the Bible says in the next verse. Bible says, how be it as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and, and came into the city the next day and departed uh, with Barnabas to Derby. Listen, this man just got up from the dead. They stoned him. Blood running out of his head. He gets up, turns around, looks at them disciples and said, let us go to the next city, which is 18 miles away. I'm about to run. Are y'all hearing me tonight? You know what we need tonight? Hey, we need a determination. Thank God. That's unmovable. <laughs> Man, I love you, buddy. Pray for these disciples. They was planning your funeral. Thank you. You can be seated. You say, preacher, why? What, what was it that kept him being moved? He had a determination. Listen, a determination. That's unmovable. God help us tonight to get a hold of that truth tonight. Listen to me. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Hey, somebody's going to talk about you. Somebody's going to do you wrong. Huh? You say, what am I going to do? I'll tell you what the average Baptists do. They get their lunch bucket and go to the house, stick their thumb in their mouth, and cry like a baby. 
And I'll tell you, if you got the Holy Ghost on the inside and God will work in your heart, get up, child of God, get up, child of God. I'm talking about a determination, thank God. That's unmovable this evening. He was, he, none of them things moved him because he had a determination that's unmovable. Number two, look at verse 24 again. Can I just preach the Bible? Look at verse 24. None of those things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. He didn't only have a determination that was unmovable. He had a dedication that's unexplainable. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. I'm, t- I'm talking about a dedication that's unexplainable. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Will y'all not get mad at me if I tell you something? Most of us like ourselves pretty good. Uh, yeah. We, we like ourselves pretty good. But you know what Paul said? I'm talking about a dedication that's unexplainable. You'll say, what do you mean? He said, neither can I my life dear unto myself. No, I, no I, it's not about me. It's about him. It's not about my feelings. It's about him. It's not about my action. It's about him. It's not about what somebody said about me. It's about him. Oh, God, help us not have a determined, a dedication that's unexplainable. Neither count out my life dear unto myself. Let him I finish my course. Look at the verse again. I want to say, determination is unmovable. Dedication is unexplainable. Look at the verse. Neither, but none of those things move me. Neither count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with what? With what? With what? Hey, the preacher said something about the, your mother-in-law sent the house on the front porch. Son, that'll rob you of your victory. He said it, I didn't. Are you listening? <laughs> Are you listening? The wonderful thing about being an evangelist, and I get the car and leave in a minute, but listen to me. <laughs> listen to me tonight. Hey, I'll tell you, here's a man. Uh, he said uh, that I might finish my course with joy. And I'll say tonight, Number three, the reason he wasn't moved tonight is that he could finish well simply because he had a delight that was uncomparable. That I might finish my course with joy. With joy. He had a delight that's uncomparable. Can I tell you all something real quick? I'm happy. I mean that. Brother Oliver said the other night, Brother Vernon Oliver, you know what Brother Oliver said? Brother Oliver said, I'm living the dream of my life. He's having a ball, man. And can I tell y'all something? That I, I feel the same way. I, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the light. That's uncomparable. That I might finish my course with joy. Hey, thank God. I get to preach. I get to tell people about Jesus. Hey, I get to go to jail when I'm at home and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, God of joy. Are you listening? Amen. Hey, Paul, did you get that joy on Damascus Road? Paul said, no. It wasn't Damascus Road. It was Calvary Road where I got that joy. And I'll tell you tonight, he finished well because he had a delight that was uncomparable. But look at the verse, and I'm done. But none of those things move me, neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Man, what a delight, uncomparable. That I might finish my course with joy, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Watch this. He had a duty. He had a duty that was undeniable, that I might testify the gospel, that I might tell them a cry, a duty that's undeniable. And I'll tell you, I, I like the verse. Look, look, look what the verse says. I've received of the Lord Jesus. One Paul's ministry is, his, is the Lord's ministry. I've received the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Listen to me, and I'm done. He had a duty that was undeniable. And I'll say to you and I tonight, we've got that duty also. You say, well, preacher, that's a preacher. That's a preacher. That's talking to a preacher. No, that's talking to you and me tonight. How many is here tonight? Raise your hand. Where's the closest funeral home? <laughs> Listen, we've got a section right back under. Somebody call 911. Don't, don't call 911. Just go ahead and call the funeral home. Hey, Worth Miller, get them out here. How many is here tonight? Raise your hand. What a miracle. They, <laughs> come along. <laughs> but, but listen to me tonight. That's talking to everybody tonight. Uh, the duty that's undeniable tonight, that we might tell the gospel to Jesus Christ and tell others about him. Man, what a joy. 
What a joy just to get to share the story and tell the story. I, what a joy tonight. Man, I love. Boy, I like that song that brother just sung a while ago. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. I'm at a ball in my life. You know what I do? I take gospel tracts everywhere, just everywhere, just everywhere. Give them out just everywhere. And uh, I had a motel the other week in uh, Georgia. Little lady come around to clean her room. And uh, I gave her a gospel tract. I said, uh, uh, how about it, ma'am? You ever been saved? I said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? She said, well, I would hope I would. I said, uh, how would you like to turn that hope into no? She said, what? I said, how would you like to know you're going to heaven? She said, uh, I'd like to know that. She said, I go to church. I said, have you ever heard tell the terminology of being born again? She said, no, I've never heard that. I said, where do you go to church? She said, I'm a member of the church right here in, uh, um, it's in Georgia, right outside Chattanooga. Um, anyhow, I'm a member of this church. I said, you go to a Baptist church and you've never heard the terminology of being born again. She said, I have no idea. I said, will you let me just take a second? And I'm not going to take your time because you're on the clock for this company. But would you let me just take this gospel, gospel tract? And, and anybody got any idea what happened to that woman? Just about five minutes. Anybody got any idea what happened? What happened, Mama? I didn't hear you. She got saved. And can I tell you something? Now, that's my duty, and that's your duty tonight. Uh, the duty, uh, uh, hey, the duty this Sunday night, that we might share the gospel with others. Man, what a joy. What a joy. Man, what a joy. Get to tell others about Jesus. I said, I, I probably told you this on the text. I was sitting in jail two weeks ago, and I was preaching this one guy. I'm telling you, I was letting her rip. I was telling about Jesus. And all of a sudden, this guy standing over here on my side, I noticed he began to focus in on what I was saying. I just kept preaching this one guy. And about halfway through the message, here come another guy. There's a whole crowd behind him, a big bunch of people behind him, sitting there playing poker. I had 16 left King James. Hello. And I, 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 this, this old boy, he's glued in on me. I'm preaching to him. All of a sudden, this guy over here, he joins the crowd. He's listening to what I'm saying. And, uh, and about two-thirds through, here come another guy. Walked up on this side. He's sitting there, I listen to what I'm saying. And I looked to a boy, I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, Chris, I think it was his name. I said, how about it? Don't you want to get saved? Don't you want to go to heaven when you die? He started crying and said, yes, preacher, I want to be saved. I look over this guy over here, and I wasn't even talking to him. I said, how about you? He said, absolutely. I said, buddy, how about you? Anybody got any idea what happened? Three of them. One, two, three. You ever seen a Baptist preacher climb the walls and climb the bars like a monkey in jail? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Oh, I, I, I got close. Listen, Matt, listen to me. None of those things moved him. He had a determination that was unmovable. He had a dedication that's unexplainable. He had a delight that was unbearable, And he had a duty that was undeniable. Don't ask your question tonight. What would move you? If you've got that right there, let come what may, they'll lie on you. They'll talk about you. They'll do everything there is to do. But get up. Y'all seen Paul get up while ago? He's sitting over here smiling at me. Look at him, man. Are you listening? Wipe the blood off. Paul got up, went the next day 18 miles down the road and tore into preaching. Well, if that had me, if that'd been me, I'd had that nine weeks intensive care, fourteen visits from the pastor, nine bunches of flowers, and food brought to my house ninety days. <laughs> but not Paul. Not Paul. He gets up, he wipes the blood off, and marches home. Oh God, give us a truckload of grit and grace and determination. Hey, who's going to be here till this year? What seat's going to be here till this year? Hey, child of God, hear me tonight. Get a truckload of what I'm preaching tonight. Glory, hallelujah. I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, I shall not be moved. In his love abiding, I shall not be moved. Brother Eddie knows this song. In him confining, I shall not be moved. 
Though all hell assess me, I shall not be moved. Jesus will never fail me. I shall not be moved. Though the tempest rage, I shall not be moved. Anchored in the rock of ages, I shall not be moved. I'll show you an unusual verse of Scripture. It's not unusual, but it's unusual where it's at. Listen to this. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Anybody know where that's at? If you do, just holler it at me. First, starts with a C, Corinthians, chapter 15. Anybody know what chapter 15 is about? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Watch this. Paul has just given 57 verses on the resurrection. And he sticks out right at the end of that. Look at me. What in the world has that got to do with the resurrection? He's given 57 verses on the resurrection. But verse 58 says this. Therefore, in view of all I've just said, that's what it means. In view of all what I've just said, therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Look up here and let me tell you what it means. Paul is saying, therefore, As long as he don't die, we got it made. That's what it means. (laughs) You say, how long should I be steadfast? If he, listen, if he dies, we got a problem. I'm telling you, we got a big problem. But because he has died, he has resurrected. Therefore, my beloved brother, because he's never going to die again, hold my mute while I shout. I can be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because our labor is not in vain in the Lord. As long as he's alive, we ought to be steadfast. We ought to be unmovable. I was listening to Brother Robert Robson on the internet the other day. One of the greatest men of God I've ever met. You know what I heard a guy say? I heard a guy say the reason Brother Robert Robson was great, he was great and didn't know it. You'll get that later. But I heard Brother Bobby on, on, on the internet the other day. And uh, he's talking about Brother Roloff. He'd kid and carry on Brother Roloff all the time. Just kid and carry on. And uh, said him, Brother Roloff, riding down the road. And said he apologized to Brother Roloff. He said, Brother Roloff, I, I probably shouldn't have said what I said to you. He's kid and carrying on with it. So Brother Roloff looked over and said, Bobby, he called him Bobby. Don't ever call a preacher by his name. That's not Michael sitting on the platform. Do I need to preach on that a little bit? That's pastors. 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 But Brother Roloff, he could call him Bobby. I can't. But he did. (laughs) He said, Bobby? He said, you don't have to worry about that. He said, if I'm the way I'm supposed to be, it didn't bother me a bit. I'm dead. That's what he said. And I'll tell you something tonight. As long as he's alive, as long as he's alive, we got it made. It doesn't matter where you start in a race, but it does matter where you finish. Years ago, what a carnal illustration. Y'all probably drop my support when I tell it. Years ago, my family, when I was much younger, I don't know, it was Father's Day or Christmas or something. They got me a, a gift to go to Charlotte Motor Speedway and drive a NASCAR. You say, did you? I didn't only do it, I enjoyed it. <laughs> there was 10 of us. There's actually 20 cars on the track. You've got, you driving the 
NASCAR, and there's an instructor in front of you driving the car also. You're to follow the instruction. There was 20 cars on the track. I'm halfway in the field when we start. And the instructor in front of you, if he sees you're not crazy and you know what you're doing, son, he'll let it out. We hadn't even got through the second turn of Charlotte Motor Speedway, and I was knocking his back bumper off. <laughs> I'm, I was pushing him down. I went down long back stretch at Charlotte Motor. I pushed him. He realized what was going on. He put the hammer down. I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I, the last I checked, I think was running 910 mile an hour. <laughs> Here's the deal. I started way back the field, but in 10 or 20 laps, I lapped the field. The field. It doesn't matter where you start, but it does matter where you finish. Right. Some of you in here tonight, you're just getting started. It does matter where you finish. Right. And by the way, if you messed up, it's time to get back in the groove. Right. Right. Hey, listen to me. It does matter. This, this is so true. Please come to this piano so I quit preaching. Come on. I'm reminded of this every day of my life. Don't play, just come. Do come, do come. There just one life. That life will soon be passed. And all that's done for Christ is all that's going to last. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. I wish you could walk in them shoes and her shoes just 90 days. You don't know what it does to the heart of a man of God when his people begin to wobble on the shack. You go home and go to bed and go to sleep. He goes home and lays on words bad all night. You say, our pastor don't do that. I know better than that. You don't have a great preacher. You have a great pastor. The closing of this Jubilee meeting, this is not normally my route of going into Jubilee. Normally I want to jump a pew. But I felt led of God to preach on the secret of spiritual stability. You know what we need to do tonight? If some of you need to get up here and come down to this altar, and say, dear God, I want you to give me a truckload of grit and grace and determination to keep on, a keeping on, a keeping on, a keeping on for the glory of God. Can I mind the Lord? Miss Preacher, will you come here a minute? Preacher, will you come here just a minute? I promise you I don't do this everywhere I go. We're getting into this year real good. Come beside your bride. Isn't that wonderful? I know some guys have done this two or three times and still doing this. I'm moving. You know what would be real good tonight? Let me tell you what would be real good tonight. You get up at, how, how, many, how, many, how many comes to Curry Town Baptist Church? If you come to this church, I want you to raise your hand real high. I'm going to tell you what you ought to do tonight. You ought to get up out of the pew where you're at right now. When I get done talking. I like you. I want you to come down and hug this preacher and say, Preacher, let's make 2023 the greatest year we've ever had in the history of our church. Let's reach more this year than we've ever reached. Let's do more for God this year than we've ever done. And you men come and hug his neck. And you ladies come and hug her neck. I don't know how y'all do it. That's the way we do it. Don't hug my wife. Man, she's mine. Are you listening? I want to say to you tonight, listen, and look at the preacher and say, preacher, I love you. 
I want you all with you. We're going to do work for God. Stability. You count on me. Yeah. 2023, at the end of this year, look around, preacher. I'm still going to be around. Still going to be around. When you get down here, don't go back. Go right over here and understand. We're going to pray. Play, man. I love you, preacher. I love you.